Podcast. The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello and welcome to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio with me, Sam Hales. I'm editor of Premier Christianity magazine and that is the Christian publication that sponsors this show and makes it all possible. It's the UK's leading Christian magazine and you can get yourself a free copy of the latest issue if you simply go to premierchristianity.com dot com forward slash free sample it's a great month to take advantage of that free sample copy we've covered all of the big topics in this month's issue including a feature where we speak to gay christians in the church and hear about their experiences really fascinating pieces our cover story by megan cornwell deputy editor of premier christianity she's spoken to christians of various views and persuasions on lgbt issues really worth a read get a free copy of the magazine featuring that cover story and loads more premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample but today on the profile i'm speaking to jonathan douglas or jd as he is known his childhood nickname that is jd is one of hillsong church's most well-known worship leaders he's a creative pastor he's been part of hillsong united from the very beginning hillsong united of course started out as hillsong church's youth band and it's gone on since then to become really a global sensation they tour the world they play to stadiums they've had films made about them and all sorts of course they have been well known for their songs including oceans so will i hosanna the stand came to my rescue with everything from the inside out not today touch the sky and most recently good grace good grace appears on their latest record it's called people it was recorded live last year in sydney and released just a matter of weeks ago it's actually reviewed in the latest issue of premier christianity magazine there's yet another reason to get hold of that free sample copy if you like one but jd has been with hillsong for really all of his life and in this interview we delved into his life his faith his testimony and we talked about the new album and lots of other issues related to worship music church unity and more so let's listen in here is my interview with jonathan douglas or jd as he is most commonly known from hillsong jd it's great to have you on the show we always like to start by uh, asking someone about their early life growing up so tell me a bit about life growing up for you in sunny australia Yes, I was born and raised in Sydney, Australia. Um, had a random two years in Hong Kong from the age of two to four when my dad got a business transfer. But yeah, besides that, spent uh, my life growing up in Sydney, Australia and uh, loving it. Amazing. And where did uh, Christian faith first come in for you? Was it a Christian family that you grew up in? Yeah, so I um, yeah, grew up in a Christian home and we the kind of family that it was go to church whether you uh, want to or not. But to be honest, it's something that I'm grateful for. <laughs> sure. And um, was that in was that in Hillsong as well? Have you kind of born and bred Hillsong in that sense? Yeah, well, I, I am. I've been there my whole life. Started going as a four-year-old little little Aussie and uh, yeah, went to Sunday school, went through the youth group and, yeah, been there ever since. Yeah. What was it, do you think, that, that kind of sustained you through your teenage years? Because I know for a lot of people in their teenage years or early 20s, quite often people's story is, well, I kind of fell away, went away from church and came back later in life. I don't think that's quite your story, though. So what kept you going during that time? Yeah, to be honest, I, um, I always 
felt like I suffered with insecurities and, you know, I tried playing every sport but was always the last guy picked on the team. Just kind of my coordination skills aren't uh, weren't, weren't as good as everyone else's. And for me, it was actually just growing up in a healthy church, not perfect, but a healthy church. I felt like, you know, if I was at school or with my sports team, I never really felt good enough. But whenever I went to church, I just felt accepted and loved and encouraged. And uh, so it's kind of really from the earliest age, I've the only thing I've ever really wanted to do was be a part of creating that environment so other kids could grow up and experience what I experienced. And that kind of discipleship, is that something that you're quite keen to kind of give back? Is that is that true for you now? You've been in kind of, I don't know, mentoring or discipleship kind of relationships with others who are younger than you? Yeah, absolutely. I am I feel like I'm doing what I'm doing today because I had great leaders and people that were a few years down the track just encourage me and speak life into me way before I kind of ever saw that I could do anything good with my life. I had people telling me that God did have a plan for me and so... It's because of those kind of people that I was, you know, naive enough to believe them and trust God. And so 100%, I've got a massive passion to be able to do the same for other people. How does that work kind of practically day to day? Uh, You know, we we live in a world where we are incredibly connected. You know, we've all got mobile phones and we can, you know, call people on the other side of the world and have conversations and that's great. But there's something to be said, isn't there, for kind of being in the same place and looking someone in the eye and kind of asking them the hard questions as well. So so tell me what this actually looks like for you when it comes to mentoring and discipling others and what you've kind of learned about that process of building into other people's lives. Yeah, I, to be honest, I actually think it's easier than ever because people, I think, are naturally more disconnected <laughs> these days because we are more connected to our device in our hand. It, I think it means that whenever you do, um, you know, even if it's bumping into someone in the hallway and looking them in the eye and saying, hey, how are you going? And saying it in a way where you actually, you know, really want to know, I think people respond better than ever to that because people are interacting less because of, whether it be social media or, you know, or all the things like that. So I do think it's there's so much power now in being able to have this face-to-face time to really actually ask someone how they're doing and be able to have a chat to help. So very strong Christian upbringing, church background. Have you, has there ever been, though, any moments of real, I guess, doubt or have you ever had a kind of crisis of, of faith or not? Um, I actually, I, I haven't ever... Um, you know, walked away from my faith. But I think that would be, you know, I think anyone would be lying if they didn't say that on the journey you have moments, have seasons. And, you know, for me, I, I don't feel like I've ever gone through a crisis, but I, I, I do remember kind of maybe my early 20s, which sounds like it's way too early to have this kind of, you know, to go through something like this. And it wasn't too major, but just kind of feeling like, you know, I'd finished Bible college. I felt like, all right, it's time to now start real life in the big bad world and kind of just really got insecure that I'd, you know, missed the mark or missed the big opportunity, that the big dreams that God had put in my heart. And to be honest, it comes down to the Bible. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about not throwing away your confidence because in due time it will be rewarded. And I remember just grabbing a hold of that and going, hang on, I'm just, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to throw this away. My, the, what I believe God's put in my heart. And wasn't easy and it wasn't the longest season but for me it was a real journey of just you know having to believe the truth of god's word not what i could see in front of me so what were those kind of promises that you felt from god for your life what was god saying earlier on well i've I've always wanted to um to build the church like i said my story is kind of i think quite a simple one of just i grew up in a church where i found 
who God is and his plan for my life. And I, you know, wanted to have a big impact to, you know, help others in that way. And really kind of, I feel like God's always been faithful and my journey hasn't necessarily been overnight. I got the opportunity to be in a, a band that travels the world that has songs that influences a lot of people. It's just kind of been just little baby steps, I think, every day, trying to be faithful, trusting God. And, uh, and really, I, I think it's like any of us. We can look at our, you know, what's in our hand and what's in our heart, and they can often be two different things. You know, we, are, we do have a big God who encourages us to dream because, like his word says, he can do way beyond what we could ever imagine. So the, the issue is not is, can God do it, it's how big can we imagine it. But then we can often go, well, you know, these big dreams look completely different to my reality where I'm working today or what I've got to do. But I think the best thing is to always to look back and see how far God has taken us. And, you know, there's a saying which I really love. It's slightly cliche, but it's like, you know, I may not be where I want to be right now, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. And I think that's kind of the way God works. So so was the, the big dream to be in something like Hillsong United, to be in a band where you'd kind of travel and sing worship songs, was that what was in your head as a as a teenager or as a kid, or was it something different? No, that I, I, absolutely not. I, um, I'm actually smiling now that, at what I get to do and be a part of this, you know, a band that does travel and does get to take the gospel around the world. Um, I, I guess for me, I, I never really had that pipe dream except for just wanting to, you know, have a have significance in life and really be able to help people and um and my journey so far i'm completely humbled at the way god's you know taking me on the path that i'm on sure well the latest album is out now it's called people the latest live album from hillsong united it's the biggest selling hillsong album to date now be honest were you expecting it to be the biggest selling hillsong album to date <laughs> not at all you know <laughs> this stuff just blows us away we kind of you know now that we've been you know i've been part of hillsong my whole life and been part of the worship team from as a teenager and really i was part of united when it first began and every step of the way every tour every ticket that we sell every album every song that gets listened to is just like it's um it blows us away have you have you not got used to it yet i mean it you know it happens doesn't it with every album there's a massive tour a lot of people love your music surely there's an element where you think we'll put this out and you know people really like it and we'll do the touring thing and people are going to enjoy it have you not got used to the kind of level of uh of success that you're currently at no i i would say no because we we aren't we aren't that clever we don't we're we truly at the heart of what we do we're a church and we're not like a a genius marketing team or you know we do have great people around us but when we started this there was no like hey let's do 10 albums let's do three albums let's you know we kind of had no idea what we were doing we just were again we knew that we'd encountered a god who had revolutionized our lives and we just wanted to share that and so we were always encouraged hey use whatever's in your hand to fulfill those dreams in your heart and so for us it was music and um and so we kind of started doing it and it blew us away but every we kind of get asked you know how many more albums are you going to do or how long are you going to do this and i remember if you asked me 18 years ago i had no idea we'd do it twice let alone now sure we're kind of in in our 20th year yeah and so um and yeah. and i will say maybe it's because i'm getting a little bit older and have been doing it for a while now actually we're in the middle of a tour right now and we've just released this album and I don't think I've ever been more grateful to do what I do because I just realized this is just not normal, you know, and it's a God thing because we just couldn't have done this on our own. 
Yeah. So going back, I guess, to the early days, you were, correct if I'm wrong here, but you were kind of Hillsong's youth band, weren't you, back in back in the early days? And, and as you say, it's kind of just gone to something far bigger than that. So, you know, take take us back to kind of where it all began when you first joined the band. Because like you said, you've been there right from the beginning, haven't you? Yeah. So we were just, you know, we we're in high school and we we're in it. We had a youth ministry. It was very, very small, um, but we were passionate. We kind of our motto for our youth group was just love God and have fun. And um, and back in those days, you know, our, our church had started our you know big church worship team with the likes of Darlene Check, who was you know around at the very beginning, had started to write songs, and a platform was beginning to be built for you know influence outside of you know our little suburb and starting to go all over the world so we knew that was there but we um you know didn't have good voices could barely play our instruments but we were passionate we just we'd encountered like i said we'd encountered god and it was real and then um you know so again our youth pastor was like why don't you guys just try and write some songs and so you know joel who kind of would be our primary songwriter with a bunch of us just started writing songs and there was kind of the defining moment was that we had a summer camp like in a tent and played the first song that we'd ever written and it just kind of we just kept singing it and our youth ministry loved it and then they asked us to do it at big church one sunday and we were petrified none of us had ever played in big church or sung in big church and kind of that that was the beginning of what is now united yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk a bit about the kind of songwriting process and also kind of where you sit, because quite often when you talk to bands, people will say, well, you know, this guy in the band, he does a lot of the songwriting, or this guy actually does get involved more in the in the promotion marketing side, or this guy in the band has a bit of a vision for our music videos. Well, where do you kind of sit within United? Because United is, is quite a big band, actually. So there's, there's quite a lot of you in it. And is there a particular area you feel like, almost like a specialism that you kind of bring to the table? Yeah, I think I, um, you know, I've done a lot of things over the years, and back in the early days, we didn't have a big as big of a team as we have now, and so we all kind of did everything. So, I've written a few songs um, over the years, but I wouldn't place myself as one of the primary songwriters. Uh, I think at the moment, what I do is, the, is I'm like the, I'd be the, the United pastor. I've done, you know, I did Bible college, and um, my heart is very much to you know pass the people and so i do that when i'm at home um but i'd say joel houston would be our creative um visionary and director and primary worship leader and songwriter and i lead worship as well and i would more help lead the team he comes up with all the amazing ideas and um locks himself away and creates and writes and then i think he relies on me to actually lead the guys and help along that process to make sure that you know we're doing everything as best we can so if you're, if that makes any sense, <laughs> it does. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Which which leads me on to if if you're kind of taking on that that kind of pastoral role, then that must mean you have the great delight of sorting out all the arguments in the band, right? Yes. <laughs> um, you know one one thing. One of my favourite things about us as a team is that we're all actually best friends. The majority of us, the core, we all grew up together. A lot of us went to, you know, I went to the same high school as Joel. And we've been in church since we were babies. And um, I don't know, I, to me, I think this is unique. I don't know how every other band works, but, you know, when we get home, we all hang out with each other almost every day. And I think that's the strength of what we do. There's a real sense of community. So leading the team, to be honest, is pretty easy personally because we all, we genuinely get along so well. But 
you know, in the creative process and doing what we do on the scale that we do, definitely there can be some interesting conversations <laughs> if, uh, you know, to sure. avoid the word, avoid the word argument. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah that, that's, that makes sense, right? Like you say, any creative process, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be differences. There's going to be, there's going to be disagreements, but in all seriousness, I would love to know with, you know, without asking you to name names or get into too much detail, <laughs> it still, it still would be, would be great to know how those sorts of things kind of get resolved because I don't know to take a silly example if you've got a guitarist who's absolutely adamant on playing that particular guitar lick and you've got I don't know the, the guy leading the song who's saying I'm really sorry that this doesn't work I mean how how do you find your way through those sorts of things because you know we we, we can all think can't we of, of bands who are in the mainstream who perhaps don't have a Christian faith and that sort of stuff I know it sounds silly but it can literally break bands up so I'd love to know from a Christian perspective how you deal with those kind of creative tensions and yeah just kind of what it looks like practically yeah and you know and using that whole the fact that we are a, like a family any family has has their uh you know their blues but i think i'm a, when it comes to all of this is obviously you know trying to hear everybody out and try and have the wisdom of what who's who's right or how to get through it but to be honest i'm a bit of a one-trick pony when it comes to sorting out most of our things and i think the most helpful thing is we are um what we are about is really simple. We are here to um, to glorify God and to help people. And so that helps often remove maybe the individual's, you know, pride that gets hurt when you realize, hey, at the end of the day, this isn't necessarily about how good we can be, although we want to be the best that we can be. Our simple motto is to love God and to love people. And so I'm my biggest job is trying to get everyone's eyes or attention off, you know, maybe just the individual part that they are playing and go, Hey, this is, we're in this for something much bigger and whatever we are doing is to serve others is to serve God. And so I know it's kind of, it's helpful for us to again, keep the main thing, the main thing and everything that we're doing going, okay, listen, our purpose here is to just help people and the best way we can help people we believe is to point them to Jesus. And so, that kind of helps usually put the little niggles into perspective and go, hey, at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. One of the really exciting things I think we've seen in worship music more generally is worship music does seem to have brought Christians together in quite an amazing way. So, you know, I know for a fact that when you guys play at a big arena or a stadium, there will be Christians in that room from all sorts of different denominations, all sorts of different backgrounds. They might all go to different churches. And yet music has this power doesn't it to to bring us together and specifically worship music we can unite around uh worshiping and praising gods irrespective of our own church backgrounds that must be something that you're aware of on stage what do you make of that phenomenon and not just hillsong actually but worship music in general that does seem to have an amazing power at the moment to bring lots of christians from different backgrounds together and unite us around worshiping god yeah uh, you're exactly right and we kind of you know when we called ourselves affectionately united um it was about 20 years ago and we even on this tour that we're on we kind of like talk about we've been laughing about how good god is because we it's truly what we've been called to do and what god has graced us to do we didn't kind of again we're not that clever we didn't sit together and go hey if we call it united we'll be able to you know unite people it was more of our our youth ministry at the time had three different age groups and god was moving and so we wanted to combine them. So we started having these big combined nights. And then we were like, when we were 
designing the flyers like he did back then to hand out in high schools. Um, we just didn't like the look of the word combined on it. So we thought, what's another word that's combined that's a little bit cooler? And kind of the only thing we could think of was United, and that's where the songs were birthed. And But now, yeah, we are... Um, we have the privilege of being able to help unite the body of Christ and not even that, but actually just unite people. And um, I think it can be so easy for us all to look at what we don't agree on, but actually understand that, hey, we are all, you know, brothers and sisters at the end of the day. And um, and I think that's part of the reason God created music. And it does seem to transcend through cultures and biases and backgrounds and have this um, ability just a melody and again when we're writing these songs we're not just trying to write like flashy songs that people think sound cool no we actually every song is written for people to sing and um and it's that's we're very intentional about that and giving people a song in their heart you know the moments where we don't know the words to say but these songs can you know kind of let our heart sing what it wants to that's definitely just something i think that the way that god created music yeah those who've followed your band and your journey for a long time i'm sure will have will have noticed that even down to the the album artwork on this latest record people um even the, the front of the album it kind of looks similar to some of your older stuff uh, not not look similar maybe is inspired by some of the artwork on your earlier albums and i know you've talked already um some of you guys in the band have spoken in other interviews uh, recently about that that sense of kind of going back to to basics and and reclaiming something of, of what you had in the past can you open up a bit more about exactly what that means and uh, and this latest record people of, of how it links to some of your past history yeah um you know it that was 100% intentional for us. When we, we've done a lot of albums now and uh, something that we've always, you know, wanted to do is make sure we don't just kind of do the same thing every time. And even our process of writing and recording and even how long it takes is different each time. And that really helps it keep it fresh for us because we aren't about just trying to pump out a record every, you know, 18 months or two and a half years. We, we genuinely put our heart and soul into these records and we're trying to capture what we think God is wanting to say. And so for us, sometimes we sit down at the start of a record and someone will have a clear theme or a scripture or a thought or even a title. And other times we just come in with like this time we came into the studio and really had no real idea of, you know, what it's going to sound like or what we can do. And when we started talking, we were just talking about, I guess we got a little bit um, nostalgic in, our journey and when we realized that this is our 20th year of kind of being together and we kind of accidentally went on this youtube um rabbit hole of like youtubing us <laughs> when we were at the very beginning oh, that's fun. it was hilarious because our body sizes our hair our, <laughs> our fashion has changed so much that's but brilliant. we we kind of were smiling at you know some of those early days um the heart, the sound, the passion, but I don't think we've lost, but it's just developed as we, as we have matured as believers and musicians. But we, we literally said, Hey, let's try and recre um, recreate in a new way. Some of those early day songs and sounds and vibe that we had. And, but we never want to kind of just rehash what we've done either. So to be honest, it was like, it's pretty daunting the task that we'd set out for ourselves but that was the heart to go, hey, let's kind of tip the hat to the past, but at the same time in a fresh new way. And I I think it's been confirmed by, you know, what 
the feedback that we've got is is so um generous because it seems like we were somehow able to do that god heard our prayers and directed us to capture just the vibe and the sound and i think that but the lyrics are very similar themes to what we always do but there's i think a depth and maturity of the lyrics of a 20-year journey that have added to that and so it's an absolute blast for us now to be on the other side when the album's out we've been through the pain of and stress of trying to you know do the best that we can and somehow god's grace is to be able to do what he put in our hearts and it's it's the coolest thing I'm Sam Howes and you're listening to Premier Christian Radio. It's The Profile this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. I do hope you're enjoying my conversation with JD, Jonathan Douglas from Hillsong United. We're talking, of course, off the back of their most recent album. It's called People. It's actually become the biggest selling Hillsong record to date. I have to say I have been enjoying it myself. Loads of great tracks on it. We've also reviewed it in the latest issue of Premier Christianity magazine. That's the UK's leading Christian publication, and you can get yourself a copy completely free. There's no obligation to subscribe. Simply request your one free copy of the latest issue featuring columnists, news, reviews, and our cover story on gay Christians' experience inside the church in the UK. Just go to premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. We will be right back with loads more from JD right after this. Premier Christianity magazine in this month's issue. We speak to lesbian and gay Christians about their experiences of faith as we uncover a conspiracy of silence in churches around the issue of sexuality. Plus, discover how God provided for five people in their hour of need. And meet the bishop who smashed the stained glass ceiling. All this and more in June's issue. For your free copy, visit premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. So we did a live record. It's the first one we've done for a while. Not knowing what the next thing is going to be and going with the flow. That's how we used to do it. Welcome back to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio with me, Sam Hales. Thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. I hope you're enjoying this chat I've been having with JD from Hillsong Church. More specifically, he's one of the key figures in the band, Hillsong United. Started out as Hillsong's youth band, but has grown massively since then. They play stadiums, arenas all over the world. They've had films made about them. They've released many albums, including their latest. It's called People. It was recorded live last year and released just a few weeks ago to much 
fanfare and critical acclaim. And in this interview, I'm delving into JD's background, his life in Hillsong, his thoughts on worship music, and there's some stuff about the new album as well. So let's listen in to the second part of my interview with Jonathan Douglas, or JD, from Hillsong. I would ask you what is your uh, favourite song on the new record, but I'm sure you'd say all of them. Yeah, I, I, like it's the it's like what's your favourite movie? It's so hard to <laughs> pick. I think songs, you know, they kind of have seasons, or it depends on on the day. Or um, all right, well, but, I, t- I tell you what, let's ask a different question. I mean, you guys are on tour at the moment. What's the song? I don't know on your last tour date from the new record that you felt most connected with people. That's a slightly different question. To what's your favourite? So what what's what song most <laughs> recently like connected question. with people? That's easier. That's easier to answer. <laughs> um, well. Last night, I would say there was a moment we did a song called "Another in the Fire," oh, and it's one of my you know, personal favourites. Yeah, that's it's you know it's off a, a very well-known Bible story about you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and them standing up for God and realizing in the middle of their battle, literally in the actual fire, that there was you know um, that God was with them. And I think there was a moment last night for me when we were singing that, and we take a moment in the middle of it to really also minister to people because again these songs aren't just about entertainment or putting on a show it's it's helping people connect and reminding them that god's with them or maybe telling them for the first time and i kind of just loved you know you can't always tell what god's doing in people's lives in the moment but looking around last night and just seeing that you could just there was a sense in so many people as i looked into their eyes as they were singing that it was like an amazing moment where they realized that you know, even regardless of what they're going through, that God's with them. And that's the truth. That's the God that we serve. And if we don't feel him or, you know, can't sense that he's there, that doesn't mean he's not there. And it's a a journey of faith and trust in him. And it's God's been able to use that song so far, even in such a little time to really help people. And so that's been great. Yeah, that's great. As you say, you know, it's not about a show or putting on entertainment. And yet at the same time, I'm sure you probably have had experiences of maybe people kind of running up to you and wanting a wanting a selfie or wanting an album signed. Does does that ever feel a bit a bit weird? Um a hundred percent. It feels so weird. But I, I think um just for doing it for a number of years now I have um I've gotten a little bit used to it. And it was in the early days, it was extremely hard because, you know, we grew up as a worship team in a church and we're still very much planted and based in Hillsong Church. And we've had great leaders and pastors that have helped us when we were younger to make sure that we always stayed humble or realized that, you know, um, we're not the star of the show. God is. And so I'm just grateful for, for being planted in a church. I think that's the best thing that's helped us stay grounded. And we've always understood that, you know, um, we're a part of so much something so much bigger than our little part that we're playing in this journey and so yeah it's been a it's been a journey but i think just doing it so long now i've understood that when people want a photo or get excited to see us it's just because we represent that god's done something in their lives and so if that's the case i'm happy to say hello to anyone and get a selfie with anyone that wants one <laughs> brilliant <laughs> plus I'm, I'm sure there'll be a day no one wants a photo with me so i'm just gonna enjoy it while it lasts <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you um you you mentioned you know this thing's bigger bigger than yourselves and you know as I said before you guys are, are kind of 
you form part of a of a worship community of uh, lots of different people now around around the world who are putting out music that's influencing what Christians are singing and their local churches on a Sunday. So, so who are the other kind of I don't know musicians or songwriters who you feel like you're really inspired by at the moment, or you think are really bringing something exciting to to the global church and the music that they're putting out? Yeah, there's there's so many. Um, uh, I love all the Bethel guys. Um, love a lot of the Worship Central guys who are, you know, your uh, Timmy Hughes. Um, I love Matt Redman and uh, Chris Tomlin. Basically, you know, there's so many, and we've been able to, you know, brush shoulders with a lot of these guys over the years. And my favourite thing is, I think a lot of the guys who God's using and girls, people that God is using in the world at the moment to lift up a song. Um, my favorite thing is being able to meet a lot of these guys and do, do similar events and just the humility that they carry. To me, it's no surprise why God is using them because their heart is pure and all they're wanting to do is to be able to please God and help people. And it's no surprise when you've got that heart that that's the kind of, you know, yeah. heart that I think God will, you know, really put his hand on and, and use to influence people for his glory. I think you're absolutely right. You know, I've, I'm in a privileged position where, where I guess, like you, I, I get to talk to talk to good people like yourself and other worship leaders. <laughs> and uh, you know, I always tell people that these guys really are the real deal. Like you say, there is a genuine humility. And and sometimes I wonder if if just because we live in a world of of kind of media and advertising and technology, is sometimes people get the wrong impression, don't they? And that's not the individual worship leader's fault. But sometimes if there is a kind of marketing community around them, it can look like a show. But like you say, when you meet the people you think wow your heart is just so in the right place to to want to serve the church right yeah exactly and I, I did the same i give people grace to be human you know and to maybe you know because we are all human and i was myself similar to you I, you know i was i was pleasantly surprised that the more people that i meet that are really are making a difference when it comes down to they are just very normal very humble and just really you know want to serve god and it's been it's such a joy it's been something that's really encouraged me and and again like i've said i really think that that's why god you know well it's what the bible says he will you know he'll bring down the proud and elevate the humble and i think that's so true yeah so what's the best thing about being in hillstone united and what's the most difficult oh that is that uh i'd say the best thing that I love is the opportunity to be able to travel almost to different places every day and see what God's doing on the planet. I think it can be easy for us to, you know, just to look at our little sphere or, you know, um, our own little world and get discouraged either because of just, you know, the, the pressures of life or, you know, try your absolute hardest and feel like you're not measuring up or encounter disappointments and, um, and, and be discouraged. But I think the beauty of what I, what I and what we get to do that is the most encouraging thing is see, hey, God's doing something incredible on the earth. He is actually building his church. And, um, and I think it's something to get extremely excited about. And I get privileged. I get that privilege to see in almost every corner of the earth that I go to, especially some of the most, um, you know, places that you wouldn't expect it to see the move of God that is happening right now. And I think that the church and that believers all over the world should be encouraged that I feel like God is doing something new. He's doing something fresh. And there are people that are passionate all over the world to, to make God's name great, to serve him and to see this, you know, 
see revival on the earth. And so that's something that is I love to share with everyone because we can get, you know, think, oh, in my little, you know, sphere of influence, you know, be discouraged. But I would, I would love to encourage people that, you know, that God is real and God is moving and I get to see it with my own eyes. Um, and then the, the probably the toughest thing is, you know, I'm married and have three little kids and the most amazing wife and we're home a lot more than we are away, but we do a lot of travel and, um, you know, it's, I don't love being away from my family, but I'd say two things that I'd, I feel so graced to do what I do because I look on paper and we often get asked, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, there's just a grace. God's probably graced my wife more than she's, then I'm graced to do it. Um, but also doing something that I believe in and something that I know is making a difference makes it that little bit easier, but it is, you know, it is challenging to, to travel. Um, but again, just, I'm grateful that we have the opportunity. Started the United Journey as a single teenager. Now I'm married, been married for 11 years in a couple of days' time and have three little nuggets to show for it. <laughs> three little nuggets. That must be a brilliant bit of Australian slang, I think. Yeah. I've learned a new word there, nuggets for kids. Um, I did want to ask yeah. you a bit, actually, about, about parenting. And, uh, you know, what have you learned recently? What's God been showing you and teaching you about the challenge of, of parenting three young kids? Yeah, look, listen, I've got a nine, a six, and a three and a two. So two girls, nine and six, and a three and a half year old little boy. And um, I tell you what, everyone says that it flies already. I feel like it was yesterday that we had our first little baby. Um, and my biggest thing is I'm just, I'm trying to learn. I think that, I think it's hilarious that you need to do a test to get your driver's license, but yet you just <laughs> no, need no qualifications or within a few seconds you become a parent. That's it's quite very daunting. True. That is very true. So I'm just trying to learn my best to be the best dad I can be. But so far, I think um, the greatest advice I've been given or what I try so hard to do is um, just pray for your kids and love them. And that's, you know, that kind of helps. If I just want my kids to understand that, you know, I, I love them regardless of, you know, obviously there's that cliche, but it is the model of, you know, of us being children of God and the way that God loves us, that um, it's the best thing we can show for our kids. And so I'm just, I'm trying my best, but it's the, it's the wildest ride. And it's my favorite thing on the planet being, um, you know, married to my wife and having our, our little family. Sure. Uh, you, were, you were talking a, a moment ago about how you really are encouraged by what God is doing all over the world. I wanted to ask actually a little bit about Australia because, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people for, for this program before who are in the US or in the UK. And the general picture, I think I can say this both for the US and the UK, is is the trends are very much downward, actually, when it comes to church attendance, when it comes to those who would identify as Christians. Uh, I think there's a general perception that secularism is on the rise in both the US and the UK. Is that the kind of situation in Australia at the moment? what are the challenges that you're facing as as a church in australia yeah listen i'm not a statistician so i don't know the exact you know um like stats but i would say um australia is definitely a, a very secular nation and i think um from what i've experienced though and what the little that i have heard is that actually the church is on the rise i can speak on behalf of what the you know i feel like the spirit of god is doing and i do think that we are um, in early days of a fresh revival. And, um, and again, I, I get that from what I'm experiencing within our own churches, but also talking to pastor friends 
is um is it's been extremely encouraging to to hear what you know God's doing in their churches and but yeah in Australia at the moment the church is actually growing which is a great thing um but as always I think we need to be prayerful and believe that you know God is going to do a renewal in the church but in Australia I would say it's definitely um it's happening yeah you talk um you talk about revival which of course is is one of those words that's used in different ways so so what do you mean when you say revival you're talking about Australia specifically or something bigger than that and and how would you define that term because it is it can be used in slightly different ways by different Christians so I'd love to know how you view that term and exactly what you you mean by believing that we're on the cusp of a revival yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I think we can it can be defined in so many ways. I think revival starts when it can be as you know when someone makes a decision to follow Christ. You know, one person you know receiving salvation that's revival, and then there's obviously in the spirit in a small community, and then there's the you know maybe what most where most of our heads go, or at least for me is you know stadiums or you know multitudes coming to God. Um, and our, you know, our senior pastor, Brian Houston, who is the founder of the whole Hillsong Church and the movement, this year, he, the theme in his heart for our churches is revivals in the air. And um, I think that I, I couldn't define it in, you know, one of those categories or even a revival in people's, you know, walk with, you know, Jesus. But for, for me, what I'm seeing and believing and um, and have faith for is that, yeah, we'll, we'll end there. It's the end revival is that everyone would come to the knowledge of who Jesus is and accept what he's done for them. But I, I feel like it's like a fire that is starting. And at the moment it is, it is small, but and it's starting with, you know, maybe the church and people who already are in relation with God or revival that, you know, God's um, hasn't just, you know, saved them so they can get to heaven, but also he's called them for a purpose on this earth. And I think, um, that kind of just a renewal of the purpose that God has for the church to be the the kind of place where in society and in communities all over the world um, that people would actually look to the church for help, whether it be there'd be a natural disaster or whether there'd be a political situation that they know the church is a place they can come for wisdom and direction, hear the heart of God. And so, like you said, it's, it's, it's quite um, broad and can be determined in lots of different ways, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know yeah. the timeline. I don't know how to exactly define it, but that's just what I, you know, that's what I'm believing sure. for, and I've, I think we're seeing pockets of it. Yeah. Well, if we had, if we had three hours, we'd have a great chat about that, couldn't we? We could have a great <laughs> debate. But sadly, we don't. Uh, time is fast getting away from us, and we need to wrap things up soon. But um, I, I did want to ask you about a really interesting comment I heard from a theologian who I really respect, and I thought you'd be a great person to answer this because I know you've got a wonderful kind of reputation for you. You know, you do you do lead a lot of the kind of high energy, uh, high tempo songs <laughs> that Hillsong put out, and that's that's great. And I, I thought you'd be a great person to kind of bring this bring this point to. Anyway, this theologian was talking about how he'd been to a large scale kind of event in the US. I don't think it was a Hillsong worship thing, but it was a big event, people really passionately worshipping. And he said, you know, there was kind of loud music and bright lights and it wasn't necessarily his thing. But he was just so impressed by how these young people were going all out in praise to God and were so passionate and were shouting and were lifting their hands and everything. And his reflection on it was he, he said he couldn't help but wonder 
why he doesn't see that level of devotion in those young people's lives when they kind of walk out the door again and when it gets back to normal life and actually are they as committed to God are they as radical in the way they live for Jesus as they look they are when they're raising hands raising their hands and when they're singing and I just thought that was a really I mean I felt challenged by that for myself I thought wow that's a really challenging point but but for you what do you make of that is there any I guess is there any truth in that kind of almost criticism of some of the environments where we worship and where it is high energy and where the emotions are going and and, and does he have a point that sometimes our young people can walk out of those settings and it isn't always quite backed up in the way they the way they live? Yeah, like um, again, I, you've got to know the individual, but that I, that would be my you know I would agree with that. I think. Um, or that would be the um, what most people would think or could agree with, and that's my heart is that people would be just as passionate when they leave these events. But I also I think that life is probably more mundane than it is, you know, party. And my my heart and desire is that young people and these people that can get maybe swept up in the emotion of like the loud music and the production of what we do or any event similar that, that understand that um, the word of God, I believe is, you know, well, the Bible says it's a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. And uh, we, that's the only way to actually sustain the, you know, I feel like our relationship with God can be described as like, you know, like a fire or a flame. And we need to, to keep that fire going. I think it's the word of God um, every day is the thing yeah. that's going to su- sustain. And so I think that that's my passion. And yeah. I know for me personally on my walk that, you know, and the Bible, again, it tells us that in in life we are going to have trouble, but it also says take heart because God has overcome the world. And for us to, for us to build our faith and build our trust in God, it's going to come by the hearing and, hearing the word of God. And so I don't think that, you know, life we do have highs and lows, but God's with us in the highs and he's with us in the lows. And I think for revival, you know, we were talking earlier about revival, but the way that we're going to be able to actually step into that and see what God is actually wanting to do, I think we need to have that strong passion every day of our life. And it doesn't mean that we have to every day be singing at the top of our lungs and jumping down the street, but it's more of, you know, which I think what this guy was going at, if we can keep that passion um, and fervency in God and his word and his plans for our life, then that's how I believe revival is actually going to happen. So I love that quote. I agree. You know, I can't necessarily, I don't know every individual that are at all the nights or, you know, if you are in a big room with a lot of people, it's hard to know exactly how they live, but that perception would be something that, you know, I would, um, I, you know, agree with or at least be challenged, like sure. you were saying. Yeah, yeah, and, sure. And and which is why, you know, I'm so passionate about the church and that's where I think there is room for, you know, discipleship and actually doing community because, you know, we come, um, just a little story, we we get to meet a handful of people every night before we go on stage and um, I get blown away by their stories. We had someone about three or four nights ago come to our night in Orlando. She came from New Jersey and she said, hey, I was supposed to come with my sister, but about a month ago, her sister tragically passed away in a car accident. She was there by herself and she burst into tears and pretty much so did we. Um, And again, it puts perspective, just like 
for us, you know, we're church kids and when I lead worship every Sunday, one of my favorite things is you've got people there that are having the best day of their life and unfortunately you've got people that are having the worst day of their life and everywhere in between. But God's with every single person and so I just think we need to live with that, um, you know, knowledge that, like Psalm 139 says, you know, we can't, we go to the high, the heights, God's there in the deepest valley, we can't, he's with us, you know. And um, I think the onus is on us to acknowledge that and live with that passion that, you know what, whether I want to be in the season I am or not, God is with us and God is with you. And that's the way that we can, I, I believe, walk through this life and be honoring God and step into everything he's called us to do. that's all we've got time for today on the profile thank you so much for joining me it's been great to have your company this afternoon if you want to hear more from hillsong i can highly recommend their latest album it's called people it's available wherever you'd normally download stream or buy music from lots of great tracks to check out very grateful to jd for his time he was actually uh, on tour whilst we recorded that interview busy schedule going from city to city uh, across america at the moment actually so if you're listening to this on the podcast and if you're in that part of the world do try catch that i'm sure it'll be an amazing night if you're not listening to this on podcast but want to catch up with past shows downloading the podcast is a great way to do that you can access well over 100 interviews we've done with leading christians from all walks of life and really all over the world as well just go to premierchristianradio.com forward slash the profile if you want to check out this show as a podcast or if you're already a podcast fan then simply go to your usual podcast app or wherever you normally go and search for the profile and we should come up there here on the profile we are bringing you a brand new interview with a different christian each and every week and on top of that as well we're even offering you a free sample copy of the UK's leading Christian magazine, featuring news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. I'm the editor of that publication, and I want you to have the latest issue free. We're giving it away. Just go to premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. All you do is type your postal address in, and we will send you a free physical copy of the magazine. No obligation to subscribe. We just want you to take a look because we think you're going to enjoy it. If you enjoy interviews like this, you're sure to love the magazine. premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. 
Well, that does bring us to the end of the show today. My thanks once again for joining us. It's been great to have your company and we will see you next time.